everybody, welcome to another episode of The Playthrough. Dr. J here. We're gonna walk you through a new game that just came out from North Star Games called Warsaw, City of Ruins. Uh, before we begin though, for those of you listening on audio, just remember there's two, two videos that'll go along with this. You can head over to theplaythrough.net to check those out. Uh, this is a how to play video, so for those of you who already know how to play Warsaw, you can go ahead and click the link above and it'll take you to the, our discussion of the game and what we thought about it. Uh, so let's just jump right in with how to play Warsaw. So Warsaw is a sort of city building tile laying game that takes place over the course of six rounds. Now every round what's going to happen is each player is going to get dealt four of these tiles that each has different areas on them. You've got different colors of areas that mean different things and score differently. So once everybody has their four tiles, they're going to draft them. Now if you're not familiar with what drafting is, basically it's you pick one tile out of your hand and then you pass the rest of them and when you take, when you choose which tile you want, what you're going to do with it is you can either build it as part of your city or you can discard it and get three coins. Now discarding for coins is kind of important because you need money in order to build the tiles. So let's go over the rules for building the tiles in your city. So each tile has a cost in the top corner here. For instance, this tile costs one in order to build. If you pay the cost, you can put it anywhere in your city as long as it's, your city is three by four grid. You can't go outside of three by four. You can choose whether you want it to be four high or four wide, uh, but once, once it's four high, you can't build any more that direction. So when you place the tile down, you can orient it any way you want before placing it, and then you have to attach it uh, directly to the side of one other tile in your city. You can't put it diagonally to another tile. Uh, there's also a rule called overbuilding where you can build uh, new, new tiles on top of old tiles. And that's kind of important to re remember because when you build the tiles, the one that you build it on top of gives you a discount. So for instance here, I've got this tile that costs four coins in order to build. If I build it over my starting tile here, that one only costs one, that's gonna give me a one discount, so I'd only pay three in order to build that tile there. And so players just go and draft the tiles and pick one and build it or discard it for money until there's no tiles left in the round. And at that point, you go to the scoring phase. So the way the scoring phase works is the first thing you do is you check this milestone here, there's one in between each of the phases, uh, and you check to see who best fulfills the condition. For instance, the Saxon Palace is the one at the end of the first round, and it goes to the person with the fewest areas in their district. So you could look at my district here and count up. I have one park, since those tiles are connected, that would be one. And then I have two separate residential areas, two separate commercial areas, one cultural area, and then I have this government building. Uh, so we would check and see who has the fewest number of areas. If there's a tie, the tie always goes to the person with the fewest amount of coins at that point. And whoever wins gets to take that tile and instantly build it in their district before scoring. So the way scoring works is you look at this card, it's a really handy card they've gotten in the game here and you just go one by one through the different scoring parameters. First, you look at your parks, which are the green areas, and they score for, you pick one, and you score it for every red area, residential area near the park. 
The purple ones just score for how many points they have on them. The yellow ones don't actually score victory points. They get you more money based on how many residential areas are near them. Uh, the blue ones get you money, um, just base money that's on them. And then you have these little like bus symbol things. They'll score you points if you have multiples of those in your cities. And then you get additional points from milestones or whatever. And you just, every round at the end of this, when you go into the scoring round, you just go through that card one by one, and then you take your pieces and you move them up the track, depending on how many points you got. And you just go through that whole process, drafting tiles, picking them, building on your city, until you've gone through six rounds. And at the end of six rounds, the person who has the most points wins the game. Uh, one other important point that I should bring up is at the end of rounds three and four, uh, since this is sort of like a progression through the ages, at the end of round three is when World War I happens, and the, at the end of round four is when World War II happens. So at the end of round three, you have to destroy one of the tiles in your city, and at the end of round four, you have to destroy two of them. And at the end of the sixth scoring round, you just see who's got the most points, and that's who wins. And that's how you play Warsaw City of Ruins. Alright guys, welcome to the discussion portion of the playthrough for Warsaw, the City of Ruins. Um, in in Europe, I believe it was actually called Cities. But yeah. That, that, I, I get why they renamed it here in the US because there's a lot of video games and board games that kind of use Cities, so you wanted it to stick out yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit more. But it's kind of a, a, a tile placement game that does try to at least teach you kind of the evolution yeah. and the growth of the city of Warsaw. Was the original Dude. European version where it was just called cities, was it still as heavily focused on Warsaw? Uh, I mean, I believe half so. the tiles in this game are like landmarks from around Warsaw. So yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. It um, seems weird that they would make it more generalized than that when it's clearly about Warsaw. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it, that might have just been a translation thing too, you know, where in Polish... It turned out. Was, is cities. this a Polish game? I mean, um, it would make I, I sense. I think so. I, if yeah, it were. I believe so. So, North Star Games brought it over and localized it. Um, and it's just one of those games where my first impression of it is I, I, I actually like it. It's more not definitely not a heavier game, but it's it fits that niche where it's almost like what I call a beer drinking game, where you just it's less it's, of playing the game and more of just chilling out. With yeah, friends. it's what what I kind of call like a filler game or you know a palate cleanser is what some people call them. You know, just a yeah. simple game that doesn't take very long that you know is still kind of fun to play. And I can definitely see uh, it's very simple, but there is there are some layers to it, and it gets there's a lot of strategy involved in placing your tiles and building your district if you really want a high score. Yeah, like I, I know Russ isn't here for this episode, but he super loves this game. Because, well, I wouldn't say super, but I know he loves this game. And you, it, it fits how he plays, you know, because he's always strategizing, seeing, oh, how can I get this He loves this finding combos and, and things, yeah. and there's a lot of comboing in this game, especially when, you, when you're getting the government tiles uh, because the government tiles kind of dictate your play and how you're going to build your city. So if you get a couple of those early, you can really capitalize them, capitalize on them in later rounds. So yeah, definitely it fits that hole. If you, if you like finding nice combos and exploiting them in your games, then this is definitely yeah. one of those games. And, and one of the minor things that I like about this game, and it's probably one of the stupidest things to like about this game is that as you play, you can actually clean up the game 
as you play the game because what's cool about it is the insert it has spots for each of the ages and your starting player cards. So when you're done with that age, you just throw whatever you have left over or people are discarding to get their coins. Just throw it back in the box and then when you're done with the game, it's almost all ready to just throw back on the shelf and you're done and good to go. Yeah, that's definitely something that appeals to me when I when I have games. A lot <laughs> of games you just can't do that. Yeah, like, this is definitely like how, how about your uh, game of Eclipse? I mean, some <laughs> yeah. of that actually you could, you can kind of put away while you're going, like some of the tiles and the enemy ship, the NPC ships, you put them back in the insert and then it just goes right back in the box. Uh, but most of it, you can't do that. Yeah. So this yeah. is nice. Yeah. So Ken, what was your impression the first time you kind of played this? Um, so it's a drafting game and it's a tile placement game and it's pretty dry and boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... It's a it's a fine it's fine. It does what is promised as a drafting and tile laying game. Um But it's not it, like really itching it, your Yeah, it didn't really I mean like the the theme when you start looking through the rule book, the theme starts to kind of come through because um for those on the video, half this book is talking about the specific unique tiles like these, and then it gives you a small history lesson on what that is, and that is kind of neat, but without that, it all feels like just you're looking to match up colors and shapes, and you get these occasional random things that have a special ability, which is fine unless you're colorblind, yeah, <laughs> which I am not. But uh, one of the guys, when I played it the other day, we were playing with a uh, friend, Scott, and he is colorblind. And just looking at it from the outset, I went, well, this game's going to be a nightmare for Scott. And he, yeah. he kind of looked and he was like looking at the starting tile that's the, the half green and half red one. And on that one specifically, there's a good like unique identifier that the uh, there's like a path going through the green parks that the red buildings don't have. And he went, oh, I think that they, they're doing something to distinguish it with a shape. I think I'll be fine. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And by about the end of the first age, he was like, going, I have no idea. I, I, don't, <laughs> I can't tell what, what this what is. Let alone what other people yeah. were doing in their and, cities. And like thinking about it from his point of view, which he said, he was like, I, I mean, every scoring phase, someone had to kind of help him to some degree. But thinking about it, it's like I could look over and I've got my hand of things and I look over at Jared and I say, hey, Jared's really focusing on getting those points for purple and he's got like a special ability tile that will give him even more points for purple. I should not do that. You know, I should slide him some red. If for yeah, whatever yeah. reason I have a hard time identifying purple in my hand, I'm going to have a really hard time identifying it over there across yeah, the table. Else's table. <laughs> you know, and, and that sort of thing, like it's going to really hamper your strategy. It seems like this game is, you're not going to play it. Like, you're not going to want to. It just seems like it'd be more trouble than it's worth if you are colorblind. I feel like there's, you know, drafting games with cards that have different abilities, you know, or there's tile laying games that focus more on shapes and stuff than colors. And this one depends heavily, heavily on generic shapes with colors that would bleed and and feeling bad for my friend while we're playing it didn't <laughs> yeah, help my yeah, opinion of the game you know it was i like playing it i'm like oh man i feel bad for scott over there he's 
He's drowning in a sea of gray. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I feel bad too because, like, especially with Scott, you know, we we were at a board game convention and you know we were just like hanging out, and he was like, "Hey, you know, how about we just play a quick game?" I'm like, "Well, this is sort of a quick game." Not thinking about it, and right when we were sitting, I'm like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, the greens and the reds, the blues I know I did. I know I did call it out right at the start. There it was like, "I think it's going to be a problem," and he he was pretty sure that it wouldn't, and then it. Definitely, definitely was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And didn't you say that our game ended up being one of the longer ones yeah. you've seen played? Like, I, like that. There's a really good possibility that that factored into yeah. it. Yeah, because because that was the crazy part is when we first played the game, when we saw it on the box it said 60 minutes. We're like, oh, this might be, you know, is this really going to take 60 minutes. Like, I mean, the first yeah. the first like round took it felt like five minutes maybe. You know, it's not going to take an hour to get through all that. And the lo- the later rounds get a little longer yeah. because you're sitting there thinking and strategizing. And maybe, you know, after multiple playthroughs, the strategy is a little heavier and it takes a little longer. Yeah. But I have a really hard time seeing this game take an hour. Yeah. I don't I could see um, there's just enough depth to the game. And there's just enough strategy that if you've got someone who's really AP prone, I could see it just wrecking them because you've only got a total of 12 squares that you can place down. So by the time that, you know, so you get four, assuming that you actually get three of the tiles because you have to buy them or whatever, assuming you get three of the tiles from each age, by the last two ages, you're having to cover your tiles. You're having to possibly adjust your strategy. Like you only have that one specific grid so every tile needs to matter and and not all of the tiles interact with each other in the best ways you know Mm -hmm. like there was someone at our table i can't remember which one it was was it seemed like they were mulling over every single (laughs) tile and where they'd (laughs) want to place it and that's that's fine but for guys who are a little faster, like myself, that it was like, all right, yeah, sure, this will work, you know. All right, cool. I think this will be fine, you know. I, I just don't take games as seriously most of the yeah, time. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier for me to just grab one and pass it and go with it, you know, and make sure that it's, you know, give it that cursory. Hey, this will benefit me at all, rather than this will benefit me maximum. And and it, I can see where AP could draw the game out a bit. The game itself, on its own mechanics, no, there's no way. <laughs> if, if you've got people who are who are familiar with it right, and kind of yeah. know what they're doing, no way. So I was actually talking to our other buddy Ben on the way home from the convention last night about this game specifically, and he was talking about how he really really liked this game. And I kind of came to the realization that some people like games for certain reasons and other people like them for other ones like me when i play board games i'm there to have fun and like have have a thrill almost that's why i like games like blood rage or champions of midgard or something that's really heavy on theme that's also really exciting yeah it's it's like uh the thing of like watching an exciting movie there's an amount of escapism yeah i'm I'm kind of in that same sort of like board game thrill seeking in a way yeah and our buddy, he really liked it, but that's because when he plays games, he's drawn to like the puzzle aspect of it, yeah. you know, and solving the puzzle, sort of like doing Sudoku, you know, like he gets he gets enjoyment out of that. And, you know, Ben might have been the one that was going a little slower yeah, at maybe. our table. I'm, I, with passing it around, I wasn't paying that much attention to who was going right. fast or slow, but I know that there was a couple of times that I was like, all right, there we go. 
we're still mid rent. Like, where's <laughs> yeah. where's the rest of my tiles? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. But this so. is this is very much a puzzle game because you're Absolutely. taking pieces and you're putting them down and putting them together. So if that's what really does it for you in a board game. I mean, this is the game for you. Yeah. And you know, maybe we we don't like the game as much because you know we're kind of thrill seeking board gamers and we're not into the puzzle. I mean, I yeah. like the puzzle. I like yeah. sitting down and I like doing the puzzle. I can enjoy it. But that's not the reason I like to get together and play board games with you guys. And, and with me, if there's a puzzle, I want there to be more, something more than two points at the end of it. You know, right, yeah. <laughs> like that's, just, that's not an interesting enough reward to me. But I mean, like you said, Russ really likes this. Yeah. And it is that, I, that finding I, a yeah. puzzle, that optimizing, that maximizing, that finding combos, all of that, using uh, limited resources to the in the to, best way yeah, that you can. can. That's... Russ all the way, and that's Ben. I mean, the, there's absolutely an awesome audience for this. Yeah, yeah. And Unfortunately, the guys talking about it might not be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the funny thing is, the, the as I played it, I think this game actually is one of those few games where the fewer players you have, like I think three is probably the most optimal play for this because you're not using all the tiles in the stack. Oh, when you play yeah. with four, you use all the tiles in the stack, so the chances of you seeing a tile that you want. Are, are a little bit higher, but when you're doing three, um, four of those tiles that are in the stack never show up in the game at all. So yeah. you're forced to make those decisions. Yeah, and uh, once you've played the game enough, you would eventually know what tiles are in what stack because there's no variability to them at all. If you're playing with four players, you're playing with all the tiles in the game, you'll see them all. Either someone will discard them or they'll put them in their city. You would, after probably 10 or 12 playthroughs of the game, know what all the tiles are in the stacks. Yeah, I kind of don't see this game i mean unless you've got a group of three or four guys who are really enthusiastic about this game i could see it having a lot of replayability otherwise i think it's going to be show a newer player and and for the most part it's going to be like if you're if i'm experienced i know that like the blue the blue areas don't appear until the third age I don't think purples appear till the second age, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I can kind of plan around. Hey, you know, blue areas work well with this, so I'll save this part of my city for the blue tiles. Mm-hmm. So, yep, I, I think that prior knowledge would be a, it would almost be an an un, unbeatable advantage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely see this being a game that you would try to bring people who aren't familiar with gaming into the hobby you know this is a gateway game in a lot of ways once you've played it enough and you've got an established board game group i don't think you're going to keep playing this game i think you're going to move on if you love euro games you're going to move on to something a little more heavy maybe like agricola or something like that and this game will just be there to fill that niche yeah Yeah. I, i i like this as a beginner game a little bit better than seven wonders because it's easier to kind of explain to people in I, terms of your, your resource. Like with the cost and stuff, I know with Seven Wonders, for me, the first time I played, it was so hard for me to wrap my head around like, oh, those cards are producing that resource for yeah, the next yeah. time. Where this, you're handing them a coin and saying, you have to spend that coin to do it. Yeah, where, yeah. you know, like I, I think there's enough game for people to kind of say, hey, I like playing games and I want to explore a little bit more. And it, you know, yeah. it's easier to teach a little bit. Yeah, it's far wonders. enough removed from games like Monopoly and stuff that yeah, people are going to be like, "Oh, this is a different type of game." I might really like board yeah, games. You could definitely use this to introduce them to the idea, like the, the the mechanic of drafting, the mechanic of tile laying, of uh, you know the. 
know, cramped nature of limited resources, that sort of thing. And I, I definitely feel like this clicked for me way better than Seven Wonders. I've only ever played Seven Wonders once, and it was like I was swimming through a sea of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, like, I played with a bunch of, with you guys who were all familiar with the game, and it was all right. I have no idea what just happened, but there goes an hour. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I got totally decimated because I didn't understand what I was even trying to do. Um, this game definitely clicked better, and I felt like it wasn't yep. too big of a deal. Yep. Yeah. So going back a little bit to the rule book, Jared, you know, I, I, we always like to give people our impressions of the rule book, and you are our rules guy. What, what did you? How would you compare this rule book to some of the other ones that we've talked about? This is. Hands down, the best rule book that I've seen for a game that we have uh, reviewed so far. And the main reason is because it, I think it's a simple game. You know, there's not a lot to it, so the rule book is very basic. But when we, when you brought it to us and you were like, I want to learn how to play this game, I took it and I read it. It took me probably about 15, 20 minutes to get through it. And by the time I was done, I felt like I'd played through mm-hmm. the game one time. I already knew how to play the game. Looking just at the rules you've got, what a half page on the front, another three and better part of a half page. And then you get into the thinly veiled history lesson, which <laughs> covers this like is, six or seven I mean, pages. Yeah. This is yeah. where the, uh, the, like the theme of the game really comes through, which it's kind of cool. Um, I would really, really not enjoy playing with someone who like looks up this, this here is the rules section, which is one sentence. Uh, like for Warsaw Rising, Mu- yeah, Warsaw Rising Museum, yeah, one sentence rules, and then you've got an entire paragraph of history. Playing with someone who wants to read all of that would be <laughs> taxing, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. But it's cool True. that it's there. Yeah. It adds something else to the game, and and that alone could actually give the game some longevity. Um, I haven't read through all of the history pieces, but I could see even a version of like, hey, we've gotten pretty good at this game. Let's see who can build something that's like historically accurate yeah, or yeah. Mm-hmm. or maximizing the idea behind, you know, whatever the buildings were supposed to be when they were constructed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually liked having that second half because, you know, some of the text on these cards, they, oh, it, they, it's very, very basic, minimal, yeah. you know, yeah, but they do does, a good job of it. They do a great in the back job of, the book. of clarifying, you know, when, when you've got just a little bit of symbolism, a lot of them, a lot of these tiles have something and then an arrow and then a result which a lot of the time is enough but you get those questions where you want a little bit of clarity and it does a great job of clearing yeah. that up yeah one of my biggest complaints about the game though i'll have to say is the the scoring track yeah it have we ever played a to... game that we haven't gone over 50 oh no 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 we've <laughs> gone we've got we played games where someone's almost gone around it twice <laughs> there's nothing to indicate that you've gone around it once or gone around it twice and i think Someone's gotten close to getting lapped when we've played. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, and almost I'm like, every game we played, somebody. I know, I know the rule. The board is only so big, but man, it could have gone to a hundred. Yeah, or maybe like an extra, you know, those like plus one hundred, plus fifty yeah, yeah, tokens yeah, yeah, that yeah. you like, see. Simple as yeah. that, but yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. That's All right, so before we go, just your guys' overall impressions of the games, and if if you would recommend it or not. Uh, I would recommend it to somebody if they're. They like playing Euro games, and if they're looking for a game to get people into the hobby, maybe even if you're looking for a game to teach your kids or something like that. Yeah, like I could see this great in a hist- yeah. like a European history class. Yeah, if you're Let's looking for something like, like we were talking about, like a thrill, 
probably not the game for you. But if you're just looking for a, a puzzle game or something that's really simple, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're if you're looking to teach someone some of the basics of, like I said, you know, drafting, tile placement, a little bit of resource management, this is fine. You could do much, much worse. Um, I don't see a version of me ever suggesting to play it. I really didn't enjoy it. And if whoever you're teaching it to is colorblind, you're really just like, <laughs> you like, like it, that's bullying. At yeah. a certain point, that's just mean. Yeah. Um, like I would, yeah, like I said, I would recommend this if it's kind of more of people are, who think board games are just Monopoly and, you know, those classic games. This is a good way to intro them into a, you know, a tie, like the drafting concept. I feel like yeah. this is one of those better ones because it's not as comboed and layered where, you know, you throw somebody into some of these heavier drafting ones. They'll be just, they might not like board gaming ever again. Yeah, So one of those intro ones, or if it's like at the end of the night where all of us are just brain dead, but we don't want to like end the night yet and just want to hang around and really, you know, when I'm at that point, I don't care if I win or not. I just want to chill with my buddies. I would suggest throwing this out and just. And aside from from our opinions here, yeah. I mean, Russ really liked this game. Our other buddy Ben really liked this game. So there's definitely people out there who yep. do like this game, even though we're not necessarily yeah. representative I think, of I that think group. Zach kind of li- likes it too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach he, loved it. He, I knew he would. He was always a fan of overbuilding too, like just uh, yeah, placing yeah. tiles up. Yeah, I know. Um, I know when I watch board game reviews, I always try and listen to what the complaints are rather than just the complaint, because there's mm-hmm. plenty of board game reviewers that they say, oh, all you're doing is chucking dice. I hate it. It's just random. And I go, you know, I really like chucking dice. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's, they don't totally like fine. it. They presented me with the reason that they don't like it. And that reason is exactly why I would like it. So if the things that I don't like or that Jared doesn't like about the game if those are things that you do like or that sound interesting mm-hmm. to you, absolutely. Like it's not like it's a, there's not like a design flaw that makes the game unplayable. It, it's not broken in any way. It just isn't really my thing. Yeah. 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 And then, so one, one last mechanic that um, I wanted to ask you guys about is the world war one, world war two mechanics where you have to remove one or two tiles. Like, how'd you like that? I like that where it kind of mixed it in a little bit. So like if, you know, somebody who had a good base at the beginning, if they don't plan for it, that could totally wreck their strategy. Yeah, going I forward. initially thought that it was just kind of like a mechanic that they squoze in there to try to f- get some more theme into the game. But after playing it a couple times, I realized that it's more there to switch things up in the middle of the game to make add some variability because uh-huh. forcing you to destroy one of your tiles is big. Yeah, especially I if they're overbuilt because I, yeah. I really discarding two or three tiles. Yeah, if, I don't know if you mentioned that in the rules explanation, but if you yeah, have an overbuild and you blow that up, you blow up everything. You don't get to redo your bottom yeah, tile. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that it's kind of a double-edged sword with the removal. It gives an experienced player um, a chance to maybe take back part of their strategy that has changed and and modify that with a newer player if you're new and you feel like yeah i'm really getting this it's really clicking taking away one of <laughs> it just feels like a punishment it like does, it, it, yeah but for experienced players it would be it's just a double-edged sword you know i, I can see i see why they did it both theme wise and um to create a, another layer of depth to the overall game um but it's kind of that's going to be a very individual results, very that's type true, of yeah. type of feeling. I think. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you so much for talking to us about Warsaw. Um, full disclaimer, this copy was provided to us by North Star Games, but they did not sponsor this video. So as you can oh, see, if they all, did, they'd All our thoughts are our own. And we hope you guys enjoyed our discussion on Warsaw. Please, please, please subscribe, like the video, and head on over to theplaythrough.net and check out some of our other reviews of all the videos. And one thing I can guarantee you is every episode will have this beautiful face here teaching you how to play. <laughs> So until next time, guys, we'll see you on the playthrough.